All right, Mots, we are back. Episode 125 of the Rink Shrinks. What do you say? You ready to go? Let's go. All right, Mots, uh, we've got NHL action going on. A lot of stuff happening. Kids are getting out of school. Warmer weather is here, hopefully. Uh, what's happening? Um, you know, I played a little golf last week. You know, it was a two-day little event that I was mentioning with my buddy Kevin Caulfield, Ryan Cox, Robbie Donovan, a bunch of guys, Pat Harold, solid crew. Yeah, and we had um, had a great time. Um, I wasn't a, much of a factor, but my buddy uh, KC, he went off, shot 70, 74 on the first day, and then, you know, his school wasn't great, but it's still we still uh, got the points we needed to be first losers. Runner-up, story of your two's life. <laughs> All right, so we got, uh, you know, a little mini Stanley Cup that uh, we, you know, have had in our grass, so we can touch it because we've already okay. won it. But, yeah. um, no, great great two days. And, uh, you know, the, the golf thing, uh, I don't know. I just I think I'm a righty. You righty know, might be your game. Why don't you explain, because it is pretty cool, but explain, like, what it – so obviously you rattled off a few of the foursome. So how many guys – uh, so, in total, and then yeah. name the golf courses, and it. So it is. It, it's pretty sick. Like I, I yeah, I'd so love the, to be a part of something along those lines. And it's a quick little, you know, yeah, like twenty-four hour like in and out, you know, like out. a fiddler's elbow. So we got um, yeah, we play thirty-six on uh, one day. It's uh, Black Rock and Hingham, and then Boston uh in Hingham two of the nicer courses in that area and then we go down to Old Sandwich in Plymouth which is a great course spend the night have a nice dinner and play in the morning um so it's yeah it is kind of like condensed a lot of golf a lot of walking but there's uh Kevin Caulfield I'm sure a lot of laughs with the with the boys how many total teams uh there's eight guys so four teams of two okay Uh, Kevin Caulfield Ryan Cox John Harold, Pat Harold, and then you know the the guys that uh, have been the founding fathers. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> and then uh, myself, Willie Leishman, uh, Craig Pastor, oh, and Robbie Louis Donovan. Past, Louis Pastor, <laughs> Louis. He's he the plays best. Coxies, yeah, he's yeah, great. He plays with Coxies. So yeah, it was a great. Uh, so, yeah. you, that that must be a comedy fest. Yeah, so twelve years running, you know the. The, the track up is, uh, you know, everyone's like, hey, can, you know, you think we can get in and just been pretty insulated with this crew. So we'll see if there's going to be uh, some expansion throughout the league here. But uh, <laughs> I think we might be keeping it tight. We'll, we'll, we'll I was going to uh, say, that's one up. of those you got to keep tight. It's like you want one, start one on your own, buddy. <laughs> yeah, but uh, a lot of fun. And then uh, over the weekend, kind of just got some stuff done around here. And on Sunday, uh, coached uh, – Ryan's U18 Duxbury team town cup. The boys, uh, I was like, yeah, they they won in the semis, they're on to the the finals this this upcoming Sunday against Tingham. So, longest tournament in history of hockey, yeah. So, it was just once a week for these guys. So, it wasn't oh, that's why. Okay, it's just like the Sunday night deal because I'm like, I feel like we've been talking about this since like you know, December, yeah, no, but I was just like, hey, boys, if you you know, can play some real hockey, you know, in the last five minutes, you know, it's, that'd be really nice. You know, just <laughs> maybe stay below the puck, you know, and move it. 
and get it in when he, when it matters. But uh, yeah, so the boys are pumped to uh, be playing in the finals. Ryan's actually out in Muskegon at USHL main camp, so he's uh, he's playing tonight, uh, first game. So see how oh, that shakes out. Pretty pumped for him to to get out there and kind of use it as a measuring stick to see uh, kind of where he slots within that. Yeah, that's that, cool uh, to be invited out to a tryout camp out there. Obviously, there'll be a lot of talent, and it, that that's awesome. Best of luck there, right guy. I know I talked to him last week, and uh, I was pumping his tires and mm-hmm. go out and play your game and compete and work hard, have fun. That's what it's all about. That's right. Yeah, he's like, yeah, do I wear the half shield? I'm like, I don't know, man. Like, just go out. And he's like, what about fighting? You know, he's like, oh, I'll just just jazzed up about the wrong things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm like, Sounds yeah, if you play right. the yeah, if you play the right, you know, the, the your game, you know, you're not going to have to really search for a fight, you know. Yeah. You go around, you know, buzzing around and finishing checks. So we'll see how it shakes out. But, yeah, hopefully, uh, you know, he has a good showing and see where it goes. Oh, that's great. Good stuff. Same here on our end. Obviously, the weather was kind of crappy here over the weekend. Definitely did not get to partake in a, uh, you know, two-day, 36-hole uh, <laughs> little golf adventure. Uh, no. More than 36. You played 36 in one day, yeah. right? Yeah. So, yeah. Two day at 36 and then another 18. So definitely did. Uh, the, I'm glad that weather held off you on, on, on those days at the end of last week. But we um, wrapped up camp down the Cape, which we had going on, which was pretty cool. Those kids improved and all the feedback was uh, was great. And then over the weekend, it was uh, we went out Friday for a little birthday celebration for a buddy and uh and then Saturday took the kids over, or the or the younger kids, and one of my nieces, Mari, to a uh, little putt shack down the seaport. Have you seen that place? Awesome. Indoor yeah. indoor little mini golf set up. Like, it was obviously a crappy day in the city, um, weather-wise. So, like, indoor bar food area. The kids were able to, like, go on their own. They're playing mini, mini golf and you know, tons of families and, but then even like young adults, like in their mid, you know, mid twenties, probably cause they couldn't be like out and about partying. It was more like that was a spot. So it was, it was really cool. I was texting with Hazy a little bit cause he's, uh, he's over that way and he was going to come meet us, but we popped around everywhere was busy cause they had that cliff diving thing down the seaport as well. It was like the Red Bull cliff diving. So we oh, went, really? yeah, we, and they're like jumping off some like huge building on top of the, uh, you know, basically where um, the the steakhouse is there, God, what? Ocean no, it wasn't even there. It was down further, but somewhere into the water, and it was freezing. I'm like, these dudes are <laughs> savages. Never mind how cold that water is. But as soon as we walked down to uh, actually see that, now in, like, the rainy weather and everything, it was, of course, last diver had already jumped. So missed that. But uh, the, the city was definitely buzzing. It was cool. And, um, yeah, same old stuff. Kids are winding down school here now, and, I think they actually. I think they're all out as of uh, as of Thursday. So, yeah, here we go. Summer, bring it on. Yeah. Well, bring speaking of birthdays, uh, a little remiss last week to wish my my guy By happy fortieth. You know, he had the forty fortieth <laughs> uh, birthday party week, which is great. Yeah, yeah, we got it. Got it. And we had the, the CEO's birthday yesterday. So. Oh Jesus! Look at that! Yeah. I forgot. I didn't even text her. A little uh, celebratory week uh, with some birthdays, but happy birthday, my man. 
Thank you, buddy. Yeah, we're gonna happy birthday to Court, the CEO. We're gonna have to do like a, a maybe a joint cake sometime. I, I can have another party. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Well, my wife was loved teeing me up because it was one of those. You know, we went out Saturday night, like when it was actually my birthday, and then Sunday just had some people over and everything. And then my parents were down in Florida watching my brother's kids, and uh, so we came back on on this past weekend Sunday night. We had a little. Um, my parents wanted to have dinner and they had a little cake there. My sister and her kids were over. Her birthday was in uh, May 20th too. So we celebrated, you know, Kev's birthday as well. And it wasn't like, I, you know, we're all good. But my mother's got like, you know, glasses and, and like decoration set up. Like I'm a, like I'm a seven year old, you know what I mean? But <laughs> it was, uh, I guess 40 is a big one. So it was, uh, it was fun and it was appreciated. My uncle Mike was down from, uh, Florida from sorry from um he's living up in Moncton so it was it was it was great to see him and and hang out and all that type of stuff you know but what do you think about this uh the Stanley Cup holy lord yeah so I you know again the it was on full display the Vegas Golden Knights uh team discipline number one their structure their attention to detail their depth uh, their back end is is you know making things not look easy but they're managing you know the the rush of florida and then when they're exiting the zone they're exiting the zone a lot easier than all of florida's past opponents and mm-hmm. you know i love shay theodore's game he's so smooth so good and you awesome. know, has some size to him as well uh, they are five six with haig and um white cotton are you know white, underrated white cloud right white cloud yeah white what did i say white, white cotton, cotton. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Yeah. goddamn white cotton <laughs> white cloud yeah they're playing great too so yeah, white cotton is good uh <laughs> but i think um you know florida is going to re regroup make a, a few adjustments i mean i looked at it where like the last game you know got out of hand but florida is definitely committed to playing the game hard mm-hmm. they have to keep their emotions in check and then the other thing is there are so many screened goals. Like, if you're going to be there, you got to block it. Either right. that or get out of the way and pick someone up. So it's, it's not like a, a thing where, like, they don't want to block it. But if you're there, you have to block it. Because it was, right. like, I think the first three goals where Bobrovsky did not see any of them and, um, you know, put them behind. And they get frustrated. And, and Vegas just keeps playing the same way. But, um, you know, I'm looking forward to tonight's game. Yeah, no, it'd be good to watch game three. Like you said, Florida, you know they're going to show up. They're going to compete. Obviously, that hit on um, on Eichel, that was a little bit of a scary moment, moment in game two. That was one of those, oh, boy. But it was good to see him get back up and then, you know, start the third period, get right back out there. And then he, you know, he even said it like you could tell he was kind of falling down. He had his head down at first, kind of toe picked a little bit, had, you know, and at the same time had his head up. And Kachuk wasn't trying to hurt him or anything. And he, I, I, he actually – I think did hold up a little bit um, because he knew he could have like really hurt him. But uh, Eichel was able to, to get to the bench and skate off and and get right back into it and came out and had a really good third period, but we'll see what happens. Like you said, Vegas is D's a force. Uh, I was really shocked by your prediction that Vegas was going to win because we were talking about Florida so much Mm -hmm. and you know, I have Florida, so I got to just stay on their train and hopefully they can show back up. They've been in, They've been in holes. They've had their backs against the wall all season long, and you never know what can happen. But I do think Vegas is really good, and I love their D. Um, 
I was able on uh, on game one. Um, Grinelli and, and Witt and those guys had reached out, and I we were out and about, like I said, and last minute jumped on the uh, little Zoom thing. Uh, what do they call it? Live stream. Live stream with the Chicklets guys. Arm Dog was on there. Okay. R.A. Witt, um, Barstool Chief, who's out in, in Chicago. Uh, so it was good. It was good catching up with those guys, watching the game. It was funny because those, those streams are very difficult, and for whatever reason, my, uh, it, you know, it must be just a rink shrinks Wi-Fi we got going down here, but we had the game and I was like five seconds ahead of those guys. So I would see like, you know, I think it was, um, uh, what's his name's goal. Uh, God, the defenseman you were just talking about, why well, can't I think it was Theodore Theodore's goal. And I'm like, Oh, what a shot. You know what I mean? And they're like, dude, will you pause the game? Like, yeah, I was, like <laughs> too far ahead of them, but it, those things are really cool. It was fun, uh, fun catching up and hanging out with those guys. And I had, um, you know, my my boys were all home, and a couple of their buddies were over, so they're like poking their heads in and everything. So I'm like, yeah, your father's not that big of a loser. Look at all these, you know, guys on chiclets that uh, they're <laughs> they're enjoying my company. So they it was actually funny. The kids had a blast and uh, and all that good stuff. You know, that's great. Yeah, it's been a it's been a great uh, you know say time to sit down on the couch and watch eight o'clock starts and yeah um but you know to do that live stream stuff it's just natural i mean watching the game and reacting like without you know a camera on though you know just you're just being natural which right is kind of fun you know for other people to see you know you're seeing how people react and how they see the game or just like small little plays um, but going back to that Eichel hit, I was really nervous for him, you know, seeing that he had his neck injury and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but it was a clean hit and, you know, I thought that might spark, you know, somewhat of a, uh, you know, comeback for the, the Panthers, but they will make some adjustments and, uh, come out strong in, in game three. Yeah. Hopefully it, uh, make it, a, make it a good series at the very least. Um, I did speaking of series, we, you, we didn't talk too much about the, uh, Quebec league, but it was pretty cool. I was able to, uh, like I said, on Sunday, I was over at my parents' house. We watched that, uh, the finals of the Memorial cup and, uh, brought back some memories. Obviously I was up there when, uh, Quebec beat Moncton in the final. I think that was oh six uh, when my brother was up there. That was uh, Moncton hosted it at the time. But seeing Patrick Rawal win it again, um, you know, he seemed like the you know he really had that team humming along. They beat Seattle five nothing in the finals. But that's such a you know cool historic tournament, obviously for the Canadian kids and you know they, such an international presence um, now as well. But it was it was cool. I think Patrick Rawal was retiring at the end of uh at the end of this year so but i guess simone gagne was coaching with him as well who's obviously a heck of a you know was a heck of a player and a heck of a hockey guy obviously so it was it was pretty cool to you know for the back in the day like you know my brother like they would never show that stuff on tv um so it was cool to be able to watch that memorial cup i didn't catch all of it but um that quebec team was good they were they were really really good all that hockey was is is great yeah i watched a a few of the games leading up to the finals and congrats to the ramparts and you know speaking of you know patrick like he he's old school guy has a fire in his belly still and gets those impressionable kids at that age to play the game hard and has some talent as well and you know his record was you know 459 you know, 246 losses and 60 ties. That's pretty impressive to, 
put together that type of resume in 12 years at in Quebec. So yeah, I'm sure he's in line for, you know, there's only two more vacant head coach, head coaching jobs in the NHL. Mm -hmm. And I think he's off, off the list of the, uh, the Rangers. So that would leave Calgary. Um, I would say he would be, you know, a good fit for a team like that, that needs a little bit of, you know, a little bit of stern old school because you know if you go from say daryl sutter to you know someone that doesn't have that type of mentality then you know it might be a breath of fresh air for a bit but i still think that within that group there's plenty to uh, work with and you know he would be a, a a nice candidate for uh for calgary yeah, it's uh, it'll be interesting interesting to see uh, what happens up there. Uh, obviously, and that was the fourth time in a row that a Q team has won the Memorial Cup, which that's pretty interesting. I didn't realize that, just not following it too too closely. But everybody kind of always talks about all oh, the Qs, the soft the softest league, and all that type of stuff. And like four in a row, that's pretty legitimate, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and it will be interesting with 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 Ruar and you know I figured that New York might give him a look because obviously Drury and 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 him played together, but obviously like you said he was off the list and but you could see him maybe sliding into that role. Um, you know now with John Hines being available, I I wondered if uh, if I know you know Chris Drury and him were at BU together and stuff. I know he already had a BU guy there too, but it'd be interesting to hear what happens. Obviously, RA was all over uh, Laviolette the other night saying he was definitely going to get the job, but that hasn't been announced yet. So we'll see what happens. But Greg Cronin, speaking of kind of, uh, you know, big, tough, like animals of uh, of coaches, uh, he did get that Anaheim Ducks dog job. Did you play for him at all? I, I, I mean, he's been around for so long. I yes. think he may have at some point. Yeah, he was um, the assistant coach for my world junior team. Oh, okay. You know, he was up at, uh, I think he was up in Maine at the time before he went to the Islanders. And mm. and then I was in training camp with him uh, when he was with the Maple Leafs, and we we chatted a bunch. And yeah. just love his approach and his intensity, but he he, he really does dig into the, the person uh, and then the player and try to get the most out of each player. You know, he's I listened to an interview um, – uh of his and you know he he mentioned a bunch of former coaches that he worked with um and you know sean walsh was one of them yeah um you know just like really thinking outside the box you know really thinking about you know motivating players but self-motivation but then using tactics as well and then the on ice you know you know just the application of zone entries and how are you going to, you know, play to your skill sets and, and your personnel. So it was, um, it was interesting to hear what he had, had to say, but he's like, I'm driving back from Colorado going to make my phone calls. And, and I just want to get to know the people and the, you know, the person that, you know, I'm going to be dealing with when, when training camp comes, they, you know, what makes them tick, what motivates them? Like, so he really digs in and, and really uh, cares about the teams that he has coached. And he's had a lot of t- success at different levels. And, um, you know, he was part of that U.S. development program, the start of it, him and Jeff right. Jackson. So, yep. yeah, it was. No, um, he's been around a while. Obviously, when I was in college, he was at Northeastern. And I remember the guys there. And obviously, our boy Walsh, he was uh, was on the bench with them for a couple of years as well. But I remember a couple of crazy stories. Just, you know, he was very intense, but he had like guys doing workouts on the um, on the ice. I think they were doing boxing at different times. Mm-hmm. 
but it was just like like you said just kind of being like an outside the box thinker along with being a pretty intense dude and like you said he's going to bring out the best in, in anybody that he coaches uh he's been doing it a hell of a lot of time especially as an assistant uh and i can't believe he's 60 years old like the guy looks like he i mean he looks a hell of a lot better than i do yeah he, he's, he's in great shape and you know in back in finland uh in 98 when we we're getting ready to play a game i you know the weight room was attached to the uh, locker room and he's in there in his suit with 315 on the bench just repping it out and then he gets up and he's just like yeah he's like let's go boys like <laughs> <laughs> unbelievable put his foot through a uh, like a uh, cardboard uh trash can it was like stuck to his foot <laughs> that was unbelievable. Oh, unbelievable. <laughs> it, was, it was great but yeah he's gonna do so he has some um some pieces to work there work with in anaheim you know some young talent that needs some direction so i think he's uh gonna do a very good job at creating a, a positive culture and you know good things for uh are in the future for the anaheim ducks and we wish him the best yeah, one of the things that we were saying on that live stream the other night is it, it's cool to see, and they were talking about Babcock and Laviolette and a lot of these guys, like recycled, right? Guys just going over. And you look at Maurice and, you know, obviously Cassidy had a great run in Boston. He went immediately got hired. But it's cool to – I think it's great for for Pat Verbeek, the GM out there, to kind of go outside the box a little bit and see what – give somebody else another opportunity. So – I like that. I think it's uh it's a great hire. Hopefully it works out for for him and you know any anytime you get a, a Boston guy in the league uh now as an NHL head coach it says a lot a guy that's been committed to the game for god for 100 years like you said if he coached you in World Juniors. Yeah, he he's old. He's been around. <laughs> he's but been actually around. you know the thing is, he's you know going back then. to Yeah, he would I remember this was like one of the first times we were on the ice at BU at like one of those satellite camps or whatever it was. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I remember him cause he was energetic and he was engaging. Um, it was the first time I, I heard the term false information on a two on one. Really? He, yeah. Wow. And it, was, and it was from uh coach Cronin and you know, he was young, he was at Maine at the time. And I was just like, this is, you know, that makes sense. You know, so you're using your head to show a little false info and, try to make them make a, a play that they might not want to instead of just sitting there, uh, you know, still in the middle. Right. So, Oh, that's great stuff. That's awesome. Awesome. So not just forwards giving false information, but the D as well. And we try to talk about that a lot. It's great. Uh, speaking of false information, I just saw this posted this year. Uh, I'm sorry, in the past week, but Sam Bennett, like we all have seen how big and strong and tough he plays. But when he went through the, the, the combine, he was not able to do a pull up. Uh, during the NHL scouting combine. I think he still went – he was a high pick. I, I don't have it right in front of me, but definitely top 10. I think he might have even been like five, right? Three? Yeah, he, I think he was a top 10 pick for sure. Yeah, I think uh, he was the third. I think he was the third um, to Calgary. But it's funny because you see you know, so many different people now and you have the um, – we saw Connor Bedard and Fantilli and um, Will Smith and the the – the Swedish kid, uh, what's his name? I forget. But they were all at the game the other night. I forget yeah. the kid's name. I can't think of it. But uh, it's just funny to see like a kid like that, and you know, you you want to encourage and get these kids working out and things like that. But at the end of the day, like, you know, he could have been a little bit injured. Maybe he had a shoulder injury or something. He was just trying to tough it out and fight through it. But hey, 
scoring goals, playing hard, competing. Like there's still a lot of room for growth, even at that 18 year old level. And those guys, you know, him just, I just found that hilarious. Like the guy's not able to do a pull up during the combine, but like look at him now, the guy's a complete savage. Yeah. I'll pull up, you know, it's like, <laughs> it's interesting because, you know, it, it does show that, I mean, you definitely need upper body strength as well, but you know, his, if he's pulling up a, like a, you know, he's like a triangle and pu- pulling up a big steak ass, then it's, it's a different story, but right. balance and skating, you know, like you see him driving through players and driving, you know, through guys on when he finishes checks or whatever it may be, like he's a strong player, but it comes from the, the base from the skating yeah. and, and the legs. And I'm sure he can do more than one, uh, a pull up now. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure he's he's good now. But yeah, I mean, it's not the end all now be all. I mean, to. it was like Casey Middlestad, I think, was the other one that couldn't do a pull up, you know, years right. later. But it's like, you know, you got you got hung up on a few things. But if a guy can play and has good balance and can protect himself, absorb a hit, give a hit, not afraid of contact, um, you know, it's just surprising. It's it's just kind of funny to hear now because you see how strong of a player he is. Yeah, it is obviously, and you look at that. Uh, now I'm looking at the draft. You had Ekblad one, Sam Reinhardt two, Drysaddle three, uh, Bennett was four to Calgary. So uh, not too far off. We said top ten just to throw it out there, but um, you know, and he's had a heck of a career, and he's going to continue to. He's a, he's a stud. I love watching him play. Um, what do you think? Uh, I think we get into the mailbag here, Mots. It's it's yeah, about let's dip that in. time. Yeah, let's dip into dip our it, toes in. Dip our toes in, but before we do, let's talk about Sparks. Sparks is the at-home or on-the-road skate skate shopping machine. Head over to sparkshockey.com. Use that code BYMOTS for $50 off your Sparks Shopner. Sparks is the at-home skate shopping machine that will never fail. Uh, It's the gift that keeps on giving for hockey players and parents. It's convenient, easy to use, and will save you a ton of money in the long run. Uh, With Sparks, you get that accurate shopping every single time. Like I just said, we're getting into the summer here, so now it's time to order it so it's fresh and ready to go come September when hockey season starts, right? Absolutely, yeah. And uh, Ryan went downstairs and buzzed his skates before getting on the plane to go to uh, Muskegon. And uh, my daughter actually you know, played in a few. Uh, it was the, the 10 Cup. And, oh, yeah, uh, yeah, I saw some stuff online about that. Yeah, it was like boys, girls. And I the first game I went to, I was like, wow, this these girls are kind of physical. I thought it was all girls. <laughs> and then, you know, there was, it was boys and girls, but uh, the Duxbury squad has some pretty good girl players. And anyway, she went down and, and buzzed them herself as well. And uh, I was talking with a couple other girls who are on the ice with, and they hadn't skated since their season. And they're like, Oh, I, I, I got to get my skate shop. I'm like, you got need a Sparks machine. So yeah. Make sure you check out sparkshockey.com and audio machine today. Yeah, use that BY Mots fifty dollars off code. Uh, all right, let's get into the mailbag. Uh, Mots, I got the first one. My seven year old is a com- is completely and utterly obsessed with hockey and says, "quote I will play in the NHL one day." How do we foster his good spirit yet not burn him out? How hard do we push? We have been told from a few hockey greats he had big potential. Let me know your thoughts. Love your po- uh, podcast and Instagram page. Well, yeah, seven years old, and and having that seven that years belly. young, yeah, but yeah, right. But it's uh, it's great. You can't teach the obsession and and the, the that internal burning desire like we we talk about a lot. 
you know, it's, um, you know, when you can't get enough of it, but it is important for parents to be able to, to pull back and, and, you know, support that, that fire and that obsession, but also not to burn them out. We talk now about like playing other sports. Brady Kachuk was a good example of, you know, playing, you know, tennis, lacrosse, basketball, but again, it wasn't so much organized. It was just being that athlete and just giving your body a rest at seven. He's, he's very young, going to continue to grow, but um, yeah, you can encourage it, but you just have to keep things in perspective. Don't chase certain things. Don't think he's falling behind if he's not playing in this tournament, that tournament or doing stuff, but you can shoot pucks. You can, you can do a ton of stuff off the ice, but making sure that know that it's a seasonal sport, but with, you know, supplement, you know, uh, time on the ice when it's not in season, but that's great. You know, as, as one, uh, you know, as a kid, I wanted to play in the NHL too. Actually, I wanted to go to Harvard to be a carpenter, and then I was going to play in the NHL. You're going to build the rink that you could play in. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> uh, no, I think that's great. Like seven years old, you know, every kid, I think, or at least most kids, oh, I want to play in the NHL and things like that. And you, you see that he has that fire in his belly and he's a good little player. Like, that's great. Have him enjoy it. But just remember, trust the process. Uh, you don't have to say, you, you don't have to say yes to everything. It's right. okay to say no. You don't have to play in every summer tournament, do every camp, do everything. You can, you know, play other sports, enjoy it, supplement it, go, you know, in the off season, do some camps, do some skills, try to get better. Uh, but you don't need to chase it all that much. And at the end of the day, he's seven. Like you want him to, you want to continue. You want him to continue to love the game for the next seventy years not just the first seven of his life. Right. Good point. All right. Um, my youngest just started playing hockey. Do you guys know anyone who will do one-on-ones with him? He will be 10 this summer and plays on the town C team. He wants to be ready for next season. And that's Bob from the Boston area. Um. Well, Mott's a... I mean, I used to, when I was working in the rink business and stuff, I used to do some private lessons and different things like that. But, uh, you know, I, I know you do it, but if you don't, is that something, I don't know, maybe we can just put it out to some people that that, that could potentially be out there. Send us a message, right? I don't know. What yeah. do you think? Yeah, I mean, I'm more than happy to to help uh, some players out. And he's just getting going. You got to work on the building that foundation, right? Starts with skating. So yeah, just hit hit us up on uh, the the DM and we'll uh, we'll get you in touch. We'll be in touch, you know, whether it be say I, I could do it or uh, we can get you in touch with someone who's uh, a little more local to you guys. Yeah, yeah, definitely in the Boston area. Um, you know, Mott's obviously if you could do it, it'd be ideal. But I'm sure there's uh, there's some different people around that would be uh, more than willing and able to jump out on the ice and help out uh, little Johnny. Yep, and I love it though. <laughs> Yeah, I love the passion. Uh, all right. Hey, guys, um, I have a maybe naive question. I wanted to ask you both because since I heard the coach say this to parents, I've been a little mind-boggled. She was saying how her organization's team didn't make the Nationals, but the team that always beats them did because they don't have as much competition surrounding them. In other words, they have a bigger pool to choose from. I get that, but when – we are talking about teams of all 13-year-olds. Isn't it part of your job as a coach to develop them and not just hope for solid players that carry you? Question mark. Uh, I appreciate your time. 
So she's saying the organization teams didn't make nationals, but that the team that always beats them did because they don't. Well, I mean, I don't know. I that my so hockey rankings, right? With, yeah, no, but what'd you say? Like my hockey rankings. I mean, if they're getting beat by this team, and yeah, her, but no, but I think what her question more is here, if I'm understanding it correctly, is like you know. So let's say that 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 team A is whatever. Right, the 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 I, I don't know the team names here, but they're team A, and this is her daughter's team. But around their area, there's like a lot of other teams, right? So you have like competition amongst all these thirteen-year-old girls, right? Mm. Oh, I get team it. Team B that made the nationals, they might be whatever a half hour away, but around their area, there isn't much competition. Or maybe it's an hour away, or however, yeah. whatever the difference is. So there's not much. So, that, so she's saying that that her daughter's team has a lot more competition where Team A is to to choose from. You know, so little Johnny or little 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 Julie has you know five different teams that she could potentially go to. Where little Julie from out west, um, you know that that team is basically the team that beats them is the only show in town. Is that what? That's kind of what I'm gathering from it. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a interesting i mean i think it, the whole point about the question is about the the coach and the coach yeah, kind and of deflecting that's blame that's, that's yeah that's part two obviously yeah so the 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 coach def- deflecting blame as to why they didn't make nationals and the question is isn't it your job to develop the players that you have no matter what so mm-hmm. yeah i mean i definitely think that that is the job of the coach especially at 13 years old you should be able to you know, implement some different strategies that you can work with, you know, maybe you don't have the top tier players or you're not drawing from as big of a pool as the, the team that always beats this team. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't this That's all I can say. It's like you, the, you, the coach's job is to develop and continue to make them better throughout the year. And then when the time comes, you know, hopefully you're making nationals and beating this team so you can make nationals. But uh, it's right. on the coach and to implement some some different strategies if and, and make some adjustments, you know, just like the Florida Panthers are going to. And if the coach is doing a good job, you know, there's a lot more other teams in the area and, and probably more populated area in, in, you know, around where your team is that you would be able to bring in a lot of those better kids too if you, if yep. you needed to. So where the other team it's pit, you know, they're basically one big, you know, the only show in town. So yeah, at the end of the day, it comes back to the coach. The coach has to develop kids and, you know, no matter what the competition is, like we've always played in, you know, where you, where your teams were growing up. Um, not, I'm sorry, coaching and things like that. And same with us. Like there's tons of teams right in the area. You got to do a really good job and you've got to coach the kids up, get them better and not make excuses. Like right. if, if, if that's the coach's attitude, eh, I don't like it. Yeah, same. Yeah, it's just like deflecting the blame of not making the national. So yeah, how about making our girls better, coach? Yeah, that's really what it is, right there. Yeah, that's it. Um, I have a family here that is thinking of moving to a new club. Kid played Pee Wee. Where it is, the coach who wants him is promising the family that he can get the kid into college. UND Michigan slash BU. Parents don't know any better, so they're eating it up. Have you guys ever heard of anything like that? Do you know of any college coaches who put any into any 
put weight into the word of an average peewee coach. <laughs> <laughs> Is that real? I know. That's ridiculous. So the, the kid's a peewee. Yeah, the peewee coach. Promising yeah. him that <laughs> if he comes and plays for this team or comes to this club, he's going to get him into, uh, you know, Notre Dame, you know, UN North Dakota, Michigan, BU, BC, UNH, whatever. Yeah. Uh, this, the short answer is absolutely not. Yeah. Uh, some middle of the road peewee coach is not does not have any type of pipeline to any Division One coach. Even if he knows him, he's gonna yeah. you know, maybe say to him, like you could call Jay Pandolfo right now at BU and be like, "Hey, I coach this kid. He's a good player. He's peewee. Yeah, okay, he's twelve. That's what Jay would Pandolfo would say to you. Yeah, then, let's see him in five years. Yeah, let's see him in five six years. We'll talk more then. Like, legit. yeah, it's an absolute joke. It's like a sales pitch that. These, this family's falling for hook, line, and sinker, so this coach couldn't have a better team selfishly, right? And that's that's, that's what it. it boils down to. And No, so, the, yeah, you, you nailed it. It's no peewee coach will have any influence at this point at getting a player into college. So None. Done. None. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Oh, God, that is hilarious. TSI Hockey is um... – Located up in Salem, New Hampshire, where they can stock where they stock all your equipment needs. Uh, TSR has team apparel from CCM and Bauer and does everything in house, bro- embroidering, printing, you name it. You can reach their team store, 603-912-5970. Ask for Mike or Dave. They'll take care of you. They'll get you looking fresh for next season. Um, TSR is New England's premier hockey store and is proud sponsor of the Rink Shrinks. Visit TSRHockey.com for all your shopping needs. Um, you know, make sure you hit them up online or in the store and you name it, give them a buzz. Those are the guys. They'll take good care of you. Yeah. If you're in the area, I know there's, uh, some prep, uh, leagues going on or like a, you know, a summer league. Oh, there's in, plenty uh, of stuff going on. Yeah. Up in Salem. And I, I was talking to someone today about it. So if you're, uh, you know, people are traveling from, from different parts of, uh, kind of like the Northeast to, to play in this prep school, uh, kind of summer league so uh, make sure you check them out at the store if you're up there in salem new hampshire or uh, check them out on tsrhockey.com love it uh all right hi i am the head coach of a mid-atlantic peewee upper a team i have 16 players 10 forwards and 60 and our best players are mostly entering their first year of peewee the gap in talent is pretty large ranging from mid double a to low b my goal is to make sure everyone plays a regular shift, put all the players on the ice in a position to succeed while maintaining competitiveness. How would you set proper goals for the team in order to shorten the talent gap and meet those goals? That's a good question. Um, you don't really want to say, not punish, but you don't want to always coach to the bottom you know, players because the top players will be kind of missing out a bit but you have to bring those lower level players up and and that's how you really do you know kind of close that gap let's just say you're doing a drill and the expectation of a drill is where you can start kind of you know talking to these players that might not be on the same plane as the top players it's about execution you know just small like small incremental steps about passing the puck on the tape you know when you when you look at whatever drill you're doing 
and they're throwing grenades, they're going, they're doing this, you know, whatever. That, that's just something that just popped into my head because mm-hmm. I had to do it quite a bit, uh, you know, myself, you know, over the years. And but you still, you don't want to cater to the top end. You don't want to cater to the lower end. You have to find a balance between the two, but making sure that you're pushing that lower kind of threshold up throughout the rest of, throughout the season. And then you will you will close that gap, but still giving the top players more and more to to work uh, work towards. You know, I think it's just like an expectation thing, really. And level of ex- execution is where you can start. Right. No, I think that execution huge, and I think just those um, those bottom end guys getting reps, getting reps in practices, getting good reps, getting small area game reps, competing against the better kids. Um, you're going to see a, a, a lot of results and kids getting better and better. Like you're going to see that gap closed and you're going to see some kids, if you do it and do it the right way by including those guys and not shortening the bench too early in games and doing things like that. If mm-hmm. you do it the right way and get those kids, their reps by the end of the season, you're going to see, and it's not going to be every one of them, but you're going to f- see that five, six defenseman, you know, move up and be the three, four defenseman. And you know, that the totem pole, uh, the pendulum kind of swing a little bit, right? You're going to see your your ninth and 10th forwards. Um, you're going to see some changes there. And the injuries are going to happen in games, um, you know, for games. So the, the ice time is all going to equal out and stuff like that. I know sometimes carrying 10 can be tough up front. But um, if you do it and you're rotating those guys through the lines and everything, getting everybody equal as, as close to equal reps as you possibly can, given those – everybody a good opportunity i think you'll be just fine yeah no, i think that's a, a a good kind of description on how you'd want it to and it's rewarding when you see these kids get better definitely yeah it is it is it's a long season a long season and if those bottom half kids too if you if you motivate them and and let them know to be working on the off the ice and get them shooting pucks get and do things on their own a little bit more you're gonna you're gonna see the results right Yep. Um, I'll get the next one here. Sure. Having reached the professional level of hockey yourself, at what age would you say it is mandatory to stop playing at the club slash travel hockey uh, level of hockey to allow yourself the opportunity to reach your full potential as a D1 slash pro player? Thanks. Just a dad of a young multi-sport athlete that wants to – delay the seriousness of youth hockey for a long, as long as possible while still affording them the opportunity to reach their full potential in the sport if they choose to pursue it. And that's from Sean in Southern California. Yeah. I mean, that's a tough question. Um, Cause I don't know what the, the, the youth hockey like in-house programs are, especially out in, in, in California. Um, I would say to, to, to watch it, to judge it. I mean, we've seen um, we've seen different kids at different age groups enter the 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 select programs, the private programs, and and have a ton of success. But I don't know. It's a tough. It's tough to put like an actual age on it, right? Like, yeah, I, no, I don't know. I think you know where you know your region is, right? Southern California. There is some um, some quality programs out there. Um, you know, like the Kings have a, a good program that producing some, some good players, you know, as they kind of mature along, uh, with their, you know, different levels. But I would say, um, if there's, yeah, I mean, like the, the age is kind of very difficult, but 
we talk about trying to get in earlier than later, right? Because some of these teams have kind of insulated themselves with some players and it's tough to cut if there's like a bubble guy and there's someone that's not, you know, it's just, if they're like even, you know, you don't want to cut a guy to, to bring someone in. And I don't know if that's the case out in California, but I'm guessing it could be. Um, I don't know. I, I would say like a, like 10 years old. Does that, does that sound about right? I mean, if you have to put a number on it. Yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Um, yeah, like 10, 11 years old, definitely by 12. Like you want to be in the mix with those guys because, yeah. uh, you know, I think that there's, you know, those kids that are out there are going to be doing um, quite a bit. You know, they're going to be skating a lot and things like that. So it'll be more and more difficult to make those teams as you get older and older. Um, but I also like that he's, you know, he's a multi-sport athlete, doesn't wants to delay the kind of all-in with youth hockey. Um but if you're talking about D1 slash pro, I mean, it, it's there's no real blueprint. Um, Definitely every, not. Yeah, every kid is is different. But you know, being a multi-sport athlete is gonna always kind of be the you know difference maker once you do make that decision. So mm-hmm. um, yeah, I I would say you know you know ten years old. Like if the I mean I have like there's no real number, but I mean if you you could you could do it later if you know your son or daughter is is a good baseball softball player lacrosse tennis whatever it is um so i like i like the question it's very it's there's really no set answer though um right so i think it's just one of those things that you have to kind of read and react and see what what programs are in your area um cuz it it probably is more of a commitment with the travel uh, out there um and the but. skating piece of it too like if he's you know like there's such a you know and again we don't know what type of skating skater this 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 young guy or girl is or you know what what he looks like right We're like if he's like cruising right along and doing really well his skating abilities developing his hands his hockey sense all those different things are like coming along really good just playing in his little house league program then it's like, hey, don't change anything. Like, let him continue to be an athlete and stuff. But if you're seeing that, like, oh, wow, there's all of his buddies or different kids that he's been skating with and stuff are, like, going way, way, way past him, then it's or, like, or, right. or he's going past, you know, the, the house league players, you know? Right, right, That's exactly, exactly. So, like you said, there's no actual blueprint. If we were going to put a number on it, yeah, it's like, whatever, 10, 11, around oh, that age group. Yeah. yeah, 12, like, I don't know. 30 but let the kid <laughs> uh yeah it's tough it's a it's a tough one but speaking of other sports uh franklin sports is the official street hockey partner of the national hockey league check out their line of official nhl street hockey games and training equipment at franklinsports.com i saw the franklin street team is going to be coming to boston sometime soon i gotta look up those dates again uh, i believe it's sometime in july but Really good stuff that they have going on and, and tons of equipment for sale uh, at franklinsports.com where you can get those training tools. It's uh, really good stuff. Yeah, get outside, get your training tools, work on those, uh, on the shots, stick handling, you know, work on your skills away from the rank. And, um, you know, we're, like we were talking about in our prior question, you know, you can you can definitely get better and and kind of feed the beast of the obsession, you know, that seven-year-old that we were talking about with some off ice training, 
um, working on the skills, stick handling, rollerblading with the puck, you know, those um, stick handling balls and then shooting pucks. But you're doing it outside and you're not necessarily in the rank skating and, and doing, you know, taxing things to your body, but you're still kind of getting a little taste of development and uh, you're outside. So make sure you check them out at franklinsports.com and, and get all your training needs. Get all the needs. Uh, all right. Hey, Shrinks, just recently there were uh, tryouts for a local Wee Quebec team. There were multiple scheduled cuts after tryouts There were uh, that were posted online days after. There was a kid whose dad was a local coach the year prior, and his kid got cut from the team. The kid's dad, being the guy he is, used his inside hockey connections to get his kid invited back on the team. How do you guys feel about this abuse of using his connections? What does the kid learn in the long run? Um, that's his, that, uh, uh, that's this, wait, something, sorry. Does this take all the, 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 the words are screwed up here. I'm not reading it wrong, so I'm going to change <laughs> it. Uh, does this take all credibility away from the organization? Um, thanks and keep up the great work, Shrinks. Um, yeah, that's tough. I mean, you got the, you know, the, the Quebec team is a, uh, you know, you've been through it. It's a competitive, um, kind of environment to, to make a team. And, you know, there's a lot of commitment there and, you know, if it's posted online that a kid has been cut, but the dad kind of back channels it and gets his kid back on the team, uh, invited back to the team. That's, it's kind of greasy because if, if there's some independent, you know, scout, uh, say scouting or um, evaluating, you know, for that team, and then he's using his connections. It's it's just unfair to some of the kids who um, who did get cut, don't have the connections, and also the ones who are on the team that deserve to be there. Um, yeah, it totally dis- discredits the organization. Like yep. this is some type of all-star team that everybody's coming together and trying to make, and you, you get trouts that are posted. Um, you know, the guy whose kid is, is the coach doesn't make it. Um, and then they, they put him back on the team. Uh, yeah. It's, it, it, it discredit things and it makes it look like even more of a money grab. You know, it's not like the dad was the coach of the team all the way up. And, you know, now all of a sudden it's the Wee Quebec year and the kid like stayed on the team. Like this is an, an all-star team type thing. So he's using his power to, you know, manipulate the program. Uh, it's definitely a, a, a not a great look. No, not at all. Yeah, like you said, for the organization as well. But you know, the the, the and guys the, and the, and the father, like it's posted. It's that's crazy. But in, in to the point about who sent this in, it's it does. Uh, you know, the kid doesn't learn anything from you know. Sometimes some some real positives come out of, you know, some disappointment, you know, you kid wants to make the team, doesn't make it and maybe has to work harder on certain areas of his game. And, um, you know, he could benefit from it in the long run versus just, you know, dad making a call and, and trying to get him in. So yeah, it's uh, kind of disappointing all around. Yeah, it is big time, big time. Uh, I got this one here. Hey guys, uh, mailbag question for you. Who should be deciding if a child is quote unquote too small in stature to play uh, to safely play uh not my kid but we've had 12 uh and u14 kids who look like they're 
10 slash 12 in size, respectively. Their parents aren't oblivious to the fact that their kids are small, nor do they complain when they bounce off the larger kids as it's part of the game. Plus, they keep signing them up. Who gets to decide if the kids should play at all with his peers of their age and if they should not? Um, Their parents? Yeah. Nobody That's else? A, no. I mean, the, if if the parent, you know, if they're not oblivious to the fact that the kids are are small and and they don't complain, I mean, I don't really understand why, you know. I mean, I as long as it's not like a real, I mean, like safely play. I mean, so this is just someone thinking that this smaller player, this is not their kid, is maybe going to get hurt. But the parents aren't worried about it if they keep signing them up and aren't, you know, and they know that they're small, right? Yeah. So, and USA so Hockey is not going to tell them that they, they can't no. play. Right. And they're not going to let them play down an age group just because they might be small. Exactly. Um, yeah, so it is a parental decision. Um, yeah. And it seems that the fact, you know, you kind of answered your own question. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah, the parents do. Like, the, the simple answer. Uh, all right, now it's time for the my hockey rankings question of the week. We should be we should have been checking where those teams are uh, ranked out in California on myhockeyrankings.com, and that would have been able to tell us uh, where Southern Cali Dad was getting that question from. But uh, ask your kid. Oh, this was one we posted. Yeah. Uh, ask your kid what they think the hardest and easiest part of hockey is uh, for them. Yeah, Marks, what, do you, what do you think? I mean, that's. It got some great responses, though. It did. Um, it did. Well, I'm gonna. Re- I'll read a couple of them. Yeah. Um, so the easiest being on the bench, <laughs> hardest back checking or four checking. Hardest. <laughs> so yeah. Uh, hardest getting every drill right. Easiest passing the puck, making friends, and having fun. Eh. That's great. Uh, might half ice is might half ice is the hardest. Getting space from teammates is the easiest. Shooting. Uh, hardest living up to my dad's JV legacy. <laughs> uh, easiest leaving the rink. Um, uh, square goalie hottest. I don't know. Easiest having fun. There we go. Uh, losing, winning, easiest skating, hottest stick handling, right? That, that can change for other people. Uh, easiest is skating from big Mike, uh, Mike goalie. Hottest top corner shots, easiest shots that come right at me. There you go. Makes sense. Um, Anything else? Hottest discipline in play during games. Easiest playing hockey with my team, right? Just loves having with his buddy. 19 new girls trying out for a new team. That is very difficult. Uh, Easiest stepping on the ice. Yeah. You never know. Sometimes you leave the skate guards on there. Yeah. Or you step on a piece of tape on the walkout. Exactly. Um, Hottest pot, deking. Easiest pot, shooting, shooting, shooting. Easiest. (laughs) Yeah, red light. (laughs) Uh, Easiest having fun. Hottest learning new stuff. Uh, Jeez, we got a a bunch of comments here. Oldest first year, but hottest losing weight. Easiest shooting. (laughs) (laughs) There's some Uh, great ones there. Yeah, easiest skating. Uh, hardest dealing with coaches' mind games. Yeah, that can be difficult. That's a damn sure. Uh, hardest, uh, trying yeah. tying my own skates. Easiest when my dad does it. 
<laughs> that's a squirt. Oh, that's great. That's great. Anything else? Uh, Shooting. Those... Yeah, a couple of those are the same. U19 hottest. Uh, the recruiting chase, recovering from mistakes, learning new things. Easiest, making new friends. Yeah, that's, that's great a... stuff. Yeah, that's you know great. what? Uh, the easiest ones, like, it's really cool to hear about. You know, making friends, uh, having fun, you know, that's really what it's all about. And this, we got a ton of uh, responses. So appreciate the, um, the engagement, but like, there's some really good answers there. You know, playing hockey with my team, playing hockey with my friends was a lot of the easiest, uh, you know, side of it. And the hardest were, or there were some, some good ones there, you know, passing and, you know, backward skating or whatnot. And it's, you know, it's, it's, there's a lot of different, and this is, you know, we put it out there so that the kids would get the answers, right? So we appreciate the parents listening to the kids, asking the kids, number one, and then listening and, and uh, chiming in. So appreciate that. Yeah, no, that's really good. Uh, we got another My Hockey Rankings question of the week uh, to continue on here. That was a really good one and great ones for the for the kids. Uh, Mots, what's the loudest building either of you have ever played in? Uh, I guess you'll go first. You must have played in some sick ones in playoff games and things like that, right? Yeah. So I was talking about Carolina uh, in the playoffs was extremely loud. But mm-hmm. I have to say Montreal, um, I think I told this story, but we I was with the Devils, and they overtook us for first place. It was like a January game. And for the last – Oh, like, yeah, you did. You did. You said that four was minutes, awesome. minutes, yeah. It was the were ringing afterwards. So I would say I would have to say Montreal when, when they were uh, – you know, had a, a quality competitive team. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, that would, that would be a really good, uh, really good one. Obviously for, for me, um, you know, always going up and playing up at the university of Maine was a great, like lively bond, uh, had a blast going up there and it was loud fans on top. It was unbelievable. I remember going out to university of Michigan. That was a really, really live, um, Bond that was awesome. Place was it was you know small, not not super small, but that you same thing. Felt like the fans were on top. You could hear everything. The fans were chirping at you, very loud, uh, which was cool. Minnesota was a good spot. Uh, the old Walter Brown, yeah, low ceiling band playing. That was a great one. Yeah, that was awesome. I used to love coming down, uh, especially in college, getting chirped by Section Eight, uh, <laughs> Sasquatch taking a shirt off. <laughs> You know, some Yandel Sox cheers, things like that was uh, was fantastic. Yeah, I, that was another good one. Yeah, there was only like maybe like 3,000 people people in that. At uh, Wally. That, yeah, but the ceiling was low metal. The band was cranking. Yeah. And they were uh, organized in their chants too. So it, was, it made it made it for a great atmosphere. Yeah, that was awesome. That was old school. Uh, good stuff. And what was the best national anthem you ever heard? Uh, the guy at MSG did a really good job. We yeah. played them in the playoffs, but you have to go with Chicago. It's just amazing. As a, a visitor, you get in chills when they just start cheering right from the beginning of the uh, anthem. So I'd have to say, anytime I played it uh, against Chicago, I can't believe that you didn't say a pump from uh, Renee Rancourt. Your boy, Renee Rancourt. Like, that's. <laughs> I'm shocked by that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like getting down on a knee, 37 pumps. Uh, yeah, he did, he did three. Like he'd be like, you know, he was like a oh, yeah. no, yeah, he was, WWF I was wrestler. He sang at. <laughs> I was at a wedding. 
and he came and sang the national anthem. Oh, that's amazing. Mick yeah. Mounsey's wedding, actually, right after uh, college. Actually, he just got inducted to like the New Hampshire Legends Hall of Fame or something, which I think it was for the entire state of New Hampshire. Not Renee Rancourt, Mick Mounsey. Uh, but it was funny. I went out. I was going to say, Renee. Uh, no, no, not Renee. Yeah. Not Renee. He probably's already in there. Yeah. Renee, Renee just put himself in any hall of fame that he drove by. It's Big self promoter. Point. Yeah. Um, congrats to Mick Monzi on that, by the way. But uh, I just saw that posted online. The I went out to the Rangers Chicago home opener when mm-hmm. it was the year Chicago won the cup. So Keith was on the Rangers at the time. I can't even remember what year it was or what cup it was for the Blackhawks, but that anthem just standing in the stands watching it or being a part of it like you you could feel it throughout your whole body i could only imagine a, uh playing in a game something like that that must have been unbelievable yeah it, it's amazing you know even my brother went to school in chicago and we would would be uh in the old chicago stadium when i went out to visit him and it was that that place was rocking too but being on the bench or on the ice for uh, that anthem it was it was pretty electric you know, yeah, it's, it's a cool uh, kind of tradition that they they have there in Chicago. Yeah, I was listening to something with Paul Maurice today too. I think it was thirty two two thoughts, and he was talking about the anthem, how he you know takes it in, he like loves it, the best part of the game. And I can only imagine uh, what the anthem was like, be, you know, seeing it live in Vegas. The you know for games one and two, they uh, they sure as hell know how to put on a show out there. That must be pretty uh, pretty electric as well. But great questions for the my hockey rankings question of the questions I should say of the week. Um, Mots, any final notes before we shout, sign off here? I know, actually, we, we got to bring this up. So, um, a little mozzarella sticks outside the fame is uh, is being played right now on Nesson. Uh, when can we find that? Sunday nights, I believe. What's it? Eight o'clock or something? Yeah, I think it's eight o'clock on Sunday nights. Um, you know, you check your listings. You know, check your so, local listings. Yeah, Nesson. check the TV guide. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, in I know. You, you're watching that the, where they list every everyone. Um, but yeah, yeah that's so awesome. Awesome. It's pretty cool. I, haven't, I actually haven't seen the whole thing. I I missed it last week, and no one was at home to record it. Um, um, and you probably ran out of space on that DVR. <laughs> but yeah, it, it was a great. I I would like to see the finished product. You know, we we did a bunch of different things. Um, you know, got on the ice, uh, did some work stuff. We, we, we're going to be featured in it as well you know which is good. yeah so we got a, a B, some by love in there as well the original shrink Thank so we you. got um you know a lot of different uh you know things to you know like you said mr clean more jobs than mr clean <laughs> exactly and, uh, I was gonna say they're like yeah we need we need like a 10 pot series on this life <laughs> hockey for you Mott. uh and, for, for and, people that don't like live locally here and have nesson is that you think it's online? Uh, it will be on YouTube. Uh, on I think the it, line? Out on the line. Yeah, so Jamie Park is the host. Uh, she's been a longtime sports reporter, and she, this is her own, own show, and she kind of goes in and grabs people who have stopped playing and, um, you know, whatever sport it is and kind of catches up with them, see what they're doing after they've, um, you know, hung them up. And, you know, she's done Drew Bloodsoe with his winery, you know, um, Jim Rice, you know, Spaceman, uh, Bill Lee, uh, James White, you know, so she just grabs a bunch of, you know, guys and 
kind of see you know checks in and see sees what uh is up with their kind of new you know venture after playing and she's a great great person and shane perot who uh he's a buddy of mine sponsored the show and so he gets a interview on that as well and it's uh I, i'm excited to see it actually even though it's been so it's every sunday for the month of june Oh, that's great stuff. I'm just looking on on YouTube. There's some pretty cool formal ones with Jay Miller and Ty Law. Um, who else? Jim Rice, like you said. Uh, who was the uh, Jim Lomberg? So that's that that's great, Mots. We'll have to uh, check it out this Sunday night. Check the local listings. I think, like you said, it's at eight o'clock on Nesson, and hopefully, it's up on YouTube soon enough. So it'd be pretty cool to catch up on that. So there's nothing else we need to be watching. We got NHL. I've been watching a little bit of the NBA finals that uh that dude from from the uh, from Denver the, that dude's a beast. Uh, I haven't watched any Joe Gick or whatever his name is. I can't even say his name, but he's uh he's uh, awesome. And uh they're up 2 to 1 over the Miami Heat. I watched some of that game last night, dozed off on the couch for it. Um any other TV shows? Any other TV shows? Uh I haven't been watching much. I actually watched uh, so I'm a few episodes into this Night Agent on uh, on Netflix. That's pretty good. I think mm. it's called Night Agent. Uh, but other than that, not a whole lot. I haven't. Uh, I haven't been. I've been busy. Busy. Yeah. I'm watching I, a ton. How about you? Anything? I, are you just you're like sports guy, anyways. I know. Well, I finished up Ted Lasso and um, oh, that's right. Oh, you know what I watched was Air. Four. I watched that movie Air. That was good. Oh right, yeah. I, I, I gotta check that out. Yeah, um, check that out. That was good. But yeah, Succession is is one that uh, Court and I are kind of we're like, oh, did we see that episode? But like, you know, you fall asleep and it just keeps, you know, kind of like playing. So it says, right. oh, it says we watched it. I don't remember any of this. <laughs> but um, yeah, so <laughs> we're on. I, season, get, I, I haven't started four. the final season of that Succession, but I heard it's awesome. Yeah, it's it's been uh, good so far that I I remember. Um, <laughs> yeah, you watch five minutes of him drooling on the couch, like, oh, great episode. Yeah, Let's go to bed. That's like me watching the, the, the NBA game last night. I'm like, yeah, well, I, I was watching that game. I'm like, oh, I don't remember who won or anything, but Denver yeah, like, won. Like a one. sleeping pill. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, how about this PGA tour and uh, live to a major? I mean, I really don't even want to talk about this, but this is nuts. Yeah, how about the guys that didn't go, and then all of a sudden they're they're and, combining? Uh, I don't know. I so you I don't left re- like you know potentially fifty hundred million dollars on the table. Yeah, I wouldn't be too happy. It's crazy. It's yeah, absolutely- it, it just seems like you know money talks, right? You know, and so they've been going at each other and battling each other and. You know they're in litigation about certain things, and then next thing you know, they they kind of forced each other into a merger. But I don't know; it's not a good look on the PGA. Um, Definitely, not. they were trying to like dig their feet, their their heels into the sand, and it just seems like you know. I I mean I just hope that you know the the t- whole team thing and whatever. I I mean it's it's going to be interesting to see how it all shakes out. I don't know. I I was reading up on it the other day. I haven't. See, I didn't see uh, Rory McIlroy's um, uh, press conference, but oh, I can imagine him poopy pants. Yeah, like he, <laughs> he's crying into his pint in in the pub. Oh, hundred um, percent. 
Yeah, I mean, all this stuff is like fake life anyways, because you're talking about 50, 100 million dollars, like crazy stuff. But, you know, some of these guys did leave some serious money on the table. I don't feel bad for any of them. Like they can come step into my shoes. I haven't even got the golf clubs out this year. These guys are all getting paid to do it. So, like, I really don't feel bad for any of them. But it was a tough look for the whole merger thing. Um, Yeah, I wish I was good at golf. I would have been, you know, I would have had some options. Right. You You would have jumped right away, dude. Dude, I would have (laughs) went. Hey, I don't know. Don't put that on me. (laughs) It was an interesting dynamic when you saw that. Like yeah. put on guys, and it's like, uh, uh you know, because that full right. swing, that yeah, uh, you know, it kind of chronicled, you know, some of the decision making that went behind it, and they're getting kind of shamed for it. Now they they you know, they're off the hook, right? So right, they're all getting like shamed for it, and and some guys literally had like answers, like, no, I, like, yeah, I'm just doing it for the money, like, yeah, it is what it is. You know what I mean? I think like Johnson and and Kepka guys like that kind of came out, like, it's a less schedule. I'm getting it compensated better. Like, why wouldn't I do it? And yeah. it's that's hard to argue. Like, I want to take care of my family for the rest of my life and all that stuff. So, yeah. But now to see it go back and now the combination uh, is absolute madness. But I think that's um, a good way to uh, to wrap things up here. Uh, Mott's great episode. Great catching up. Uh, thanks, as always, to the sponsors, to Sparks, to TSR, to Franklin, my hockey rankings. Uh, anything else before we go? Make sure we check out mozzarella sticks on Nesson Sunday night. Be uh, out. Is it outside the fame? Beyond the fame. No, outside Beyond the fame. Outside the fame. Right. Yeah. Right. What did I say? Beyond the fame. <laughs> outside the fame. Outside oh, you know fame. what? Like I googled. Parker. I googled Beyond the Fame. That's what I was looking at. So outside <laughs> the fame with Jamie Parker and Mike Motto. It's going to be on Nesson Sunday night. Be up on YouTube soon enough. Check out what our boy Mots does during his regular nine to five job. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if you like follow me around like all day. Imagine Ed TV on Jeff yeah, Mott. Ed TV. That that's movie? what I was thinking. <laughs> Mots TV. Mots TV. That would be that. Oh. Yeah, that would be uh, that would get some views. Yeah, get some views. <laughs> we should do that. I don't know. Be rated. <laughs> I don't yeah, know. That, that, yeah, you would have that would be that would be interesting. Let's put it that yeah, way. Yeah, that's one of those like, yeah, why don't you, you 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 try living in my world for one day? See see what goes on. Yeah. Mots and Ed TV. <laughs> oh, oh that'd be funny. Awesome. All right. Well, good show, buddy. Uh let's catch up again soon. We'll see you next week. And uh time to cue the rink shrink shuffle there, Jersey. 